Welcome back to the record room. I'm Josh. And I'm Owen. Hello. 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 Still my mom's favorite part. <laughs> and we're the nerds who like to read the liner notes. That is us. The nerds that is... who read the liner notes. Yep. So how's it going, Owen? Dude, it is going really well, really well. Spring break was awesome, and it was always, it was, eternally, it's too short, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that it's a week is never enough. And then I find, as an educator, once I come back from spring break, like, weekends aren't enough. Like, they need to be three days, or they're not restful. Like, Well, especially this semester, like, right. I mean, to be fair, I'm not there right now. But when I go back, I know this semester... Uh, because we're so close to summer, the weekends start feeling about thirty minutes long. Yeah, and yeah. and you and you're just like, what? I, I don't have time for the. Okay, whatever. Back, we're at it again. You know, but also I like the downhill stretch of school. Right. I like everything from uh, mid April to May through May. I think kids are a lot looser. They have a lot more fun. They're even a willing to do. To, to try more and um I, and i think everybody's just like they can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's it's good for everybody yeah it's it's always and even in admin now uh it's always a different story after spring break right yeah the principal used to say the saps are rising and i think that that is applicable for kids and teachers right right because the tone and the mood and everything changes because some kids go away from spring break and really never fully come back. Nope. (laughs) And that's kind of an interesting scenario in terms of motivation and stuff like that. But we also have some news from the Josh front. Josh is a new dad. Second time. (laughs) Second time around. Second time. I am on, I am on paternity leave. My wonderful wife gave me a little bit of time tonight so that we could get off our fourth episode and uh you know what can't be happier dude um healthy wife health healthy kid uh getting to spend time with my my uh four-year-old too and uh it's just it's just been nice it really has for your four-year-old handling the uh the 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 little Mm -hmm. brother he does not like losing the attention, but he's uh, he's coming around and he does love his little brother. That's it awesome. is, yeah, he does love his little brother quite a bit. So that's really cool. It, it's been good, man. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of stuff on streaming really late at night because, you know, you know, you get out of bed and you're stupor, get the baby, make the formula, go, go sit down, and you're like. I have not seen the Picard series. I will give it a shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. But the entire time, uh, being that this is a music store, a music store, a music well, show, and we are be. Mu- we we have been selling quite a bit of records. Is, no, is indeed, yes. Uh, and we are music nerds. I, I was uh, paying attention to stuff, and I found it interesting that the day that we went in for. 
uh, delivery is actually the day before we went in to deliver that song that you just played dropped. Right. And I was like, oh, of course, you know, but also there's a great song that hopefully we'll talk about at some point by St. Vincent that just dropped. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and totally. there, uh, there's just all of a sudden it's like the gates are opening up again after the COVID storm. And it's wonderful. It's just nice to see the art back out there. You know? Yeah. Speaking of which, since you mentioned the uh, the intro track, that's uh, the new trap that track that was dropped by Silk Sonic, which is the supergroup formed by none other than Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac. So it, super awesome, yeah. and I'm super super like on my on my just ready to go for the full length. I can't wait. There, there's something about Bruno Mars by himself that if he's lending himself to anything. Right. You just are like, okay, let's go. What is it? Let's see what it is. I want him, even though I'm a little worried that the gorillas are no longer relevant, I would love to see him and Damon Albarn do something together because I know it would be interesting. Well, yeah, and it seems like everything he does when he cross-pollinates with anybody is good. The thing that he did last year with uh, Chris Stapleton and Ed Sheeran? Yeah, I remember that. Dude, that's... We don't. We, we, this is a, this is a, this is a family show. But dude, that that's like one of the sexiest songs that's ever been put on wax. Like it's <laughs> incredible, for sure, <laughs> for sure. That's a yeah. good track indeed. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Shall hey, we get this? By the way, I want to throw this in there too. Congratulations, audience! You are our hundredth listener. Yes. <laughs> we have. If you are uh, hearing this. You are the 100th listener. That's right. You are. You're 100. <laughs> You're keeping it 100. <laughs> or 100, yes. as, as uh, those ticket folks say. Nobody's saying that anymore. Oh, but come on, in, man. But in honor uh, of that, uh, let me give you the show rundown so you Sweet. guys know what's going on. I think it's going to be a pretty good show. We've got the latest listen. We've got uh, a really interesting Sturgill Simpson feature that we're going to show you today. Owen's going to lead the way. It's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about the Counting Crows sophomore album, Recovering the Satellites, because it's its 25th anniversary, and uh, that should be interesting. And then we are going to talk a little music news, like Post Malone doing country, and U2's doing some interesting things on uh, live shows on YouTube, and then our top three TV theme songs. Heck it's yes. Gonna... And that playlist is actually already up on Twitter, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen. So follow us up on Twitter for, uh, for our playlists. Yeah. So let's get to the latest listen. Owen, what do you have for us today? Oh, man. So this I've been I've just known because country is my fine foundation. And you know that. But I hate to be typecast as a country fan because I listen to everything. And I think what you'll see this week is that uh, my, my tastes are pretty varied. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of music. But first of all, before I even get into this, this is not a good segue at all. Shout out to our listener in uh, Nevis, in uh, St. Kitts and Nevis, uh, home of Alexander Hamilton. So, yes, the not throwing away your shot, Alexander Hamilton. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for our, yes. uh, for our Caribbean listeners. I can't believe the, the people that are listening. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's odd. 
<laughs> I, I do want to take a minute again, like I did last episode, and just say thank you. Like Owen and I really appreciate it. It's yeah. so cool and and rewarding. And we don't understand why you like listening to music nerds talk about music, but Maybe we appreciate that's it. Deal, though. Maybe <laughs> they're like, those guys are like us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you are one of us. All right. So back to latest listens. So my latest listen is not a new song at all. And this is one that I heard. Oh, where, where did I hear it? This was on a Spotify playlist, and I heard it, and I could not stop listening, and I still, still love it. It is by the great Stevie Wonder, and it is uh, a song that I honestly I had not heard prior to hearing this, uh, but this is uh, Boogie On Reggae Woman. That's a little great Stevie Wonder track. It, uh, I was thinking, I love just all the sounds. I'm always into the sounds, but I do, always don't know the exact how, the, the exact title of everything. And I was thinking, we have one of our biggest fans up in Kansas. His name is William, and he is a like a gear nerd. So I'm sure when I say this, he's going, no, it is a Hammond, blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> William, if you want to tell me exactly what all those wonderful keyboard sounds are, I will certainly tweet them. Um, but man, it is just a phenomenal track, and it's got such an amazing groove, and I just love it. I cannot stop listening to it. I am, I'm a little shocked you haven't heard that before. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, like, here's here's what I love, because I um, I was in a situation where I wasn't sure what to pick for my latest listen. Right. And I almost came out with a Marvin Gaye track because I've been listening to Marvin Gaye a lot more lately. Um, And guys like Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, these R&B like groundbreakers. Right. And just phenomenal. And if you go and look at their catalogs, you could just like close your eyes, put your finger on a track and it's going to be great. Right. You know? And and I love that. I love that about Stevie Wonder. Um, I people always get mad at me because my favorite Stevie Wonder song is "Part Time Lover," but I love that song. <laughs> I'm wrong like with that one. That my sounds great. Tina Turner track is uh, "You Better Be Good to Me." I get the oh, same yes. the same freaking reaction. Like really, oh. Owen? That's your favorite? <laughs> yes. Well, yes, you, it is. It makes sense. Uh, you, yeah. No. 
But speaking of Tina Turner, um, when we're recording this, the documentary that's on HBO is debuting tonight. Oh, yes. So uh, we may have to talk about that later. Yeah, but we have a homework assignment. We'll have a record room homework assignment. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, I guess I'll talk about my latest listen that For I ended sure. up with. Um, so, I, oh, and I don't know if you're like me, where you hear a band that's been kind of written off to you individually as like a one hit wonder. And you hear that one hit and you think, man, that's really good. Am I missing, am I missing something? Is there something more there? And so, um, a couple years ago, like I've always been a fan of the song. Uh, one thing leads to another by the fix. And a couple years ago, I heard it again and I just thought there's gotta be something else. The other than red skies at night, there's got to be something else, right? So I kind of did a deep dive and started looking at like greatest hits compilations, different albums that are ranked well. And one of the greatest hits compilations had this song on it. And uh, it was interesting because I couldn't find it on an album. Somebody listening probably knows what album it's on. But honestly, I couldn't find it. I think it was on maybe a soundtrack or something. The Fix, as I read more and more about them, I found out that they were a soundtrack band of the 80s. Like they they have songs on multiple soundtracks and you just have to go and look for them. But um, this is a really cool new wave punk sounding song called Lost Planes. And uh, it's really great you can you can catch it on the fixes ultimate collection i believe is what they call it so if you can find that it's on there and uh here it is So that's that's one of those songs um, that I heard, and I heard it the first time, and my I just was blown away. And it, it's just enough. If you listen to it, especially through the cans here, it, it's such an odd track, but it's so cool. And the lead singer's voice is so good in it. And that chorus just takes it to another place. And you can almost... I mean, I don't know the story behind the song, but you can almost gather that maybe they're on tour and they're just, they got on the wrong plane or, or something like that, which sounds ridiculous given the day and age and the things that we deal with now. But back in the 80s, things were crazy. So 
<laughs> it, it's just a great track. I, Owen, have you ever heard that one before? I have. I'm I'm a pretty big Fix fan now. Um, I didn't. I wasn't always. When in the '80s, I was not because all I heard was the stuff I was that they played on the radio. And I'm kind of a reverse buzz guy. If there's a lot of buzz, I'm usually typically skeptical of it. But it's been in the last five years that I've really gotten into the Fix. And uh, since I've started collecting vinyl, you've been able to find some stuff in the in the bargain bin and things like that. And I really like that track. They're just a phenomenal band. You know, they remind me of the uh, having worked at a record store, especially a song like um, One Thing Leads to Another. That song almost sounds too hip for people to listen right. to, you know? And then that song also has that kind of hip. Well, the guy at the record store must is just trying to show off how cool he is right now. Like, because no one's heard that song before. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know? I, what, as an English teacher, it's what I call the Charles Dickens factor, right? Yeah. <laughs> If I'm a cool literature teacher, I have to like Charles Dickens. That's true. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, right? Yeah, yes. totally. I, I, I'm. It's very sus. It's very, very sus. <laughs> Today's yeah. Gen Z word is sus. Yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> they use it a lot. Yes, I always yes, call them out. Do. I call them out, and I say, "You know, that's a root word to another word, right?" <laughs> nice way to bring it back to they're curriculum, like, man. They're like, they're like, uh, Mister Reed, we don't want to learn. Don't ruin our word. I go, yeah, exactly. oh, I ruined swag. I'm the guy who ruined it. I'll ruin this bougie. one. No, so there. It's all good for the same reason. Like, you know, that's a root word, right? Yeah. What? There. <sighs> Fun times. So, um, Owen, what's, uh, what you got for us today? Tell us about what you uh, are going to be presenting. Man. Okay, cool. So I thought I would bring in a little, and I've been talking to Josh about this for a while. So I'm a big fan of country act Sturgill Simpson. And he's become kind of a firebrand because in like 2019, he tried to put out a rock album and he even like did like an anime video like re video record with it and it didn't go over well because it sucked i'm gonna be honest it just was not good but his country stuff has always been freaking nominal it is just amazing so but he's always tried to push the boundaries of everything right so that's one of the reasons i love him as an artist because he's not content to adopt all the genre stereotypes that maybe are, you know, for country or things like that. So even when he was doing straight up country, like one of his biggest albums was called the meta modern sounds of country music, right? Which is a reference to Ray Charles's modern sounds of country music, which in and of, it, of itself was a groundbreaking record. So what he's doing now is kind of interesting. He's going back to his roots and he's making bluegrass renditions of his songs. So he's got this series, and it's called Cutting Grass. He's got two albums out now, and they're all cover albums, but most of it is his stuff. And so I really thought that's interesting. As a, as a huge fan of bluegrass, I thought that was really, really interesting. And Josh looks like he's ruminating. I want to give him a chance to express himself here. He has a very sus look on his face. He's kind of doing a Taylor Swift. 
He is kind of doing a Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I think he and Taylor Swift are buds. So uh, that, that would make sense. Got it. So here's the story of the bluegrass thing, right? So he grew up around his granddad and his granddad was a huge bluegrass fan. And, uh, as most country kids are, they're like, nah, that's old music, right? And so his granddad said, well, you know, someday this is going to mean a lot to you. Someday's blue, someday, someday bluegrass is going to mean a lot to you. Well, bam, here he is. And it means a lot to him. So what I have for you here is uh, two selections, and I'm going to get very English teachery on you here. I'm going to juxtapose, huh? Juxtapose these two tracks, the original version and the bluegrass version. And I thought we could kind of discuss, you know, what would be different between the two. So um, the, the the ones that I have for us, it's, they're, they're, they're interesting and in their own, of their own right. Because probably it's my favorite Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson track because it's a country song about Buddhism. Which is kind of, it's an interesting idea because I'm, I'm a Buddhist as well as a Christian, but... I also like country music, so it really jives with my sensibility. And in fact, I have the lyrics printed out and hung in a like I printed out on a nice paper and hung it on and framed it and hung it on my wall. So here is the original version of Sturgill Simpson's Just Let Go. Woke up today and decided to kill my ego It never done me no good, no how Gonna break through and blast off to the bar door Hitting them flyers of life Far away from here and now Taking a 49 divine day vacation From reality and all else in between Gonna transmigrate to my destination Far beyond time in a So that is the first track there. And uh, did you pick up anything that, that you thought was interesting on that track before I play the uh, cover? Well, from what I know of bluegrass, like my first thought is, okay, well, that's not going to be too much of a stretch to make it bluegrass. Sure. In, in sure. my opinion. Um, yeah. But I'll say lyrically, uh, it's, Really great. But Sturgill, what I know of Sturgill Simpson is uh, he is a great lyricist. Yes. So definitely is that that sounds good to me. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear what's about to happen, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Are they going to be blowing those big whiskey jugs? 
No, there's it's not that level of bluegrass. It's all oh. stringed. It's all stringed instruments. Okay, okay, so, which okay. is I would submit to you is one of the traditional definitions of bluegrass is it's stringed. So typically, it's only like the real redneck mountain folk that do the the jugs. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I just love that because I meditate a lot. And that song is one of the closest representations I can tell someone how it feels. It feels a lot like how that song sounds. So, which is actually kind of what changes on this follow-up track. So here is Just Let Go from Cutting Grass, Volume 1. So yeah, what do you think? I prefer the bluegrass version. Really? Yeah. Prefer the bluegrass, huh? Yes. What, what What is better about it for you? It's that flipping banjo, dude. Like dude. I don't know what it is, but if you're a good banjo player yeah. and and you can change, you can change a song. And honestly, um, I, uh, you know, because I I, I have written songs and um. I had the privilege of sitting in uh, on a Rhett Miller uh, songwriting class. I remember that. You were so yeah. stoked about that. It was really great. But one of the things he brought up, he says, I know this is cliche, but one of the biggest rules is don't bore us, get to the chorus. I don't feel like that Bluegrass version is boring at all. I felt like the first one was a little draggy. So... When I heard that, I was like, yes, this is, this is, I know it's probably not as meditative. It's probably not, uh, as ethereal, if you will, but man, what a, what a cool little kick in the pants he gave that song. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you and I, I love it, but to me, it's a totally different thing because it does not have the ethereal sort of nature of it. It doesn't have that feeling that I associate with meditating, but it's still great. It's still really good, and it's more jaunty, which I think is there's there's nothing we need more jaunty in this world. Oh, for sure, and you have to and you have to ask yourself like when you think of something like music that is ethereal or uh, you know has got that almost shoegazy um, 
explosions in the sky type ethereal sound back then when it was just bluegrass you have to ask yourself well maybe that's what they thought was ethereal you know so um it may not be ethereal to me and you but it might have been ethereal to somebody for sure absolutely um I think it's real interesting, too, that you mentioned that, too, because there are times when I listen to bluegrass, because I love bluegrass, where I hear a banjo riff that kind of makes me feel like that, too, right? Especially with a new band. It's one of my, it's rocketed to the top of my very favorite lists. They're called Camp, C-A-A-M-P, and they are masters of using a banjo in that sense, just doing guitar riffs that just get stuck in your head and evoke joy. Joy is good. Joy is good. We need more joy. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, that's what I got. So check out, uh, if you're into that, just check out uh, Sturgill Simpson's Cutting Grass. There's two volumes, volume one and volume two. That's really awesome. I'm like really interested in it now, actually. Yeah, check it out. And there's, there's, it's not just his covers either. It's, you know, he does other country covers as well. So that's cool, man. Well, um, let's move on to our next thing absolutely this should be interesting so uh we are trying to change the game up every so often keep this thing uh keep it keep variety for the listener and for us you know we don't want to just come on here and review an album every single week or every well i say every week like every by whatever when we get the thing done um (laughs) but uh we had talked about when there's an album that either was kind of landmark maybe to us or or um landmark to it was a big enough national success if it was so many years old it's worth going back and looking at well the first one that i think i kind of noticed was uh there was an rem one called out of time and of course everybody knows that one it's got losing my religion on it it's a big mainstream uh you know boom for rem but then on Jimmy Kimmel the other night, uh, he said that they had Adam Duritz from the Counting Crows, and my first thought was, "What the hell? <laughs> like, what what's he doing?" And he was playing Long December by himself uh, in honor of the 25th anniversary of the Counting Crows sophomore album, "Recovering the Satellites," and I immediately texted Owen, and I was like. Did you know Recovering the Satellites by Counting Crows is 25 years old? And he goes, that album's a masterpiece. I go, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we need to talk about that album. So um, I, I feel thought, like it's Magnus, magnum opus level. Like it's that good of an album. It's really phenomenal. Well, and you know, it's crazy because the sophomore slump is a thing. And it, to give you a little bit back, back a uh, little bit of background on this, when August and everything after came out with Round Here and uh, me, Mr. Jones and me, those that album is nothing more than a demo. Like that's a demo album, and it's this huge, massive success. And like they've gone from like Adam Duritz was working construction. And he said that he goes, I, I went from working construction to selling out like arenas and in, in a matter of like a year. And so they did this 
and then they were done and they they were like okay well um what do we do next there's too much pressure so they took like two to three years to put this album before they did this album and the story goes is that duritz went back to uh moved to la and became a bartender and in this time he ends up dating uh jennifer aniston and then he moved on to courtney cox okay so he does that and uh it was really funny because i wanted to do a little research somebody one of the members of counting crows called him because they hadn't been able to reach him and he said yeah i'm not in a band right now I'm just, I'm not in a band right now, is what he said. And it had been two years. And then finally, they got together and started recording this. And if you compare the albums, I don't think they compare at all. There's two people when you talk about the Counting Crows. There's ones that say uh, August and everything after is their best album. Or there's somebody who goes, no, the Recovering the Satellites is their best album. And if you listen to it now, it still holds up. It's still a weighty, great piece of music. And to me, it was setting them up to be this band that was real earnest. Uh, they could have been taken seriously. They could have, you know. And, and there are some critics that listen to it and say, ah, it's just Adam Duritz whining about being famous, which, fine. If you have a problem with that, that's fine. But I don't, I don't see it that way. Everything felt, everything in this album feels like it's a little vignette, like a little movie. And um, Owen and I both picked a couple songs we wanted to highlight from it. Uh, obviously, there's one big hit, but we'll leave, uh, we'll leave that to Owen. Um, the first song <clears throat> for me that was shocking when I listened to this album. God, I can't believe it's been 25 years. Feel old. But when I listened to it was uh, Angels of the Silences, which is the second track on the album. And the reason that one stuck out is because if you listen to the first album, they don't rock hard at all. Like August and everything after is just kind of mellow and melancholy all the way through. Okay. Um, but this is a straight up punk rock vibe and it's, it's really good. And Adam Duritz is really mean in the song. So whoever the subject is in these lyrics is really getting it. And <laughs> it's just one of my favorites. So, Oh, and if you'll roll that a little bit of that one,
so that that's one of those that's one of those tracks where I'm just like, okay, it's a freaking flawless song. And that song is number two in the middle of like the first four or five songs that you could just all five of them should be singles, like all of them. And it's just well constructed. Love the way he sings it. Love the chorus. Love the intensity. Because I don't think you usually get that from the Counting Crows. You know, it's just really, really, really good. Uh, Owen, what's what are your thoughts on that particular track? That's just a phenomenal track. And I, I would beseech you to find actually anything off the album that's not good. But I, one of the things that sticks out to me on that track is the cymbal crashes. Because I almost feel like they're demarcators of different parts of the song, right? Like when there's really heavy cymbal crashes. I just love that. Um, so pay mind to that on a second listen if you've only if you've only, only ever heard that the first time. So for sure, for sure. The um the other one, and this one drove this one made Owen mad. This I got this one, man. I, yeah. I cussed at Josh. This is yeah. my favorite song on this album. Yeah, and, and well, and poor Owen, we we got our lines crossed. He thought it was August and everything after that we were talking about, I think. And so he picked two tracks off of there, and I was going, wait a minute, I don't think those tracks are on there. And then tonight I warned him, and I was like, hey, I don't think that's right. And then he throws this song out next. And I say, nah, man, I already called that one. And then it was the text was, well, it, this is a family show, but <laughs> fill in your own it expletive. Was, it was, fuck you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what it was. That's what it was. And I was like, <laughs> Wow. I was over it. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. I, 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 um, let, I, let the, I let the frustration just flow on down the river. I just let it go. I felt it and let it go. Well, hey, you know what? Here's the deal. We're going to talk about it real quick. Let's just, let's play the track and then you and I will we'll talk about it. And it'll be like, you have three tracks instead of two. So um, here is probably one of the sweetest, beautiful songs, although it's not totally sweet. It, I don't know. There's something about this track that's just fantastic. This is called Good Night, Elizabeth. Wanted to say 
turn it off before that part. I had no, to hear that, him say Cowboys and false. I, lo- I love that part too. Um, so a couple things. Number one, Adam Duritz and the Counting Crows, his band for that matter, it's one of those bands that can achieve a cinematic landscape and do so successfully That's in a, a really way good way to put it in I a way that. in a way that really pulls you in almost immediately especially with the the production on this um but the first thing i want to say is their guitar player whom i do not know his name but the the bending the bending that bending that he does just it's it's almost hypnotic because it, it just pulls you in and you're just like, where's this going? And and uh, Adam Duritz is a lyricist. And see what you think about this, because you're a country guy. When I hear his lyrics, I do wonder. I, I almost don't wonder. I almost know. He's got to be a fan of country music. Because he's got, he's got a lot of the tropes. But he brings, it's almost too dark for country sometimes. You know, but it feels country. I can see what you're saying there for sure. I mean, I feel like if you're from California and you you are, are any in in a, in and around Bakersfield at all, I feel like you probably have some tendril of fandom of country because that's just that's just what that happens. And that Bakersfield sound is very unique in country. So for I, sure, I agree with you, dude. The bent note thing totally does it for me. And I will tell you what it makes me feel like. It makes me feel like right as right as I'm going to sleep, how it feels like when you go to sleep and you're wrapped up in your favorite blanket and your air conditions like set on 72 or whatever. That's just that's that's what going to sleep sounds like to me. Like that's what it feels like to me. So I love that bent note thing. So, so yeah. good. And then all of the guitar effects are just phenomenal. So, well, like, and I hate to get all guitar-y on you, but the use of I please think do get all guitar-y. I, I feel like there's a there's a mix of pedals or effects that are being used there. It's it's a mix between uh, a Wesley speaker, uh, excuse me, a Leslie speaker, and um, a tremolo pedal. I I yeah. think. I think I they're hear, almost I heard the tremolos. Yeah, I, definitely. I feel like they're using both, but right. um, I could be wrong. Somebody out there might be like, "He doesn't know what he's talking about." Guitar Shh. my butt. Like, no, no, that's not right. But that's what it sounds like. It sounds right. like um, they almost put them together, and um, it. Those are my two of my favorite tracks. But I'm going to tell you, there are so much more, and Owen's going to tell you two of his. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said before, there's not, this is magnum opus level music making in my opinion, and there's not a bad album on here. This would definitely land on my desert island discs list if I had made such a list. So my, since Josh took my favorite album or my favorite song off of that, I'm going to go ahead and go with the big hit because that was my second favorite this is a, a long December, and I'm sure that there aren't many people, unless you're like totally Gen Z and you're listening to us. In which case, like, dude, like we're olds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are old, Eilish or something. That's totally awesome. But, uh, but, uh, um, so this is a long December. 
there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember the last thing that you said as you were leaving All the days go by so fast And it's one more day up in the canyons And it's one more night in Hollywood If you think that I could be forgiven I wish you would Oh my God, that verse, that verse right there, the smell of hospitals in winter and the feeling that it's all a lot of oysters, oysters but no, no pearls. pearls. Oh. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Good stuff. And so, I guess so, I get sucked in by the anthemic nature of that. Oh, what were you going to so, say? I was going to say, this is the song that made me buy the album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the sure. only song I'd heard. Yeah, and then I bought the album. You didn't hadn't just... heard Mr. Jones prior to that. Well, wow. no, I I I'd heard the Mr. Jones and all, but that's the first album. Yeah. So okay, gotcha. They didn't speak to me until this album. This yeah. was the album that got me into them for sure. So, I remember just just since we're talking about it, what got me into them? I got into them in the August album. Um, but it was before Mr. Jones broke. So I was actually, I just started working at Ticketmaster as my first college job. And, uh, we were going, we had a family trip where we drive down to Padre Island and, uh, had been going since I was like seven. So, and I needed music for the car. And so I went down to, uh, what is, what was CD world was my first time I ever popped into CD world. The guy that owns the Granada is is who owned that and that's when i started hanging out with him but uh they happened to be playing this and i'm like dude this is the perfect album this is road trip music this is perfect and so i got it and listened to it several times on the way down and on the way back and i fell in love with it and then mr jones broke and the problem with mr jones is the video have you seen the video adam I'm, duritz does yes. the derpiest stupid dance and I think that screwed him so much off the bat. <laughs> but then, then uh, Long December came out, and he they, they he redeemed himself on that video. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. No, Long December. Uh, you know, for me, it's a big song because that's that's my birthday month. December first is is my birthday, and and for it to, I don't know, it it feels. Every year when I hear it about that time, I think, man, it it is it's gonna because December is a long month, like not just just because Christmas and all the like the parties and the hustle and bustle, and I love that it also almost has the the disappointment of the day after Christmas in it. You know, it's not a Christmas song, but you feel that. That kind of because the day Christmas after Christmas, everybody's like, oh, it's over. And sometimes there's even that feeling of. That was it. 
all that hype and that was it you know now it's over yeah so it i love that song that's that's probably one of my favorites I'll tell you one thing that I've always thought intriguing, and I'm a word guy. Like, I wouldn't be doing the profession I do if I wasn't a word guy. But I love the idea of – I love the the choice of words when he says, maybe this year will be better than the last. But if he's in December, he hasn't quite gotten to the next year yet. So I wonder why – it's an interesting idea to think about – does he mean next year? And if he meant next year, why didn't he say maybe next year will be better than the last? So I just love to think about that. I love to think about implications of word choice like that. I'm a nerd. No, no, absolutely. It's a fantastic song. And there's a, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Every time I hear it, it just, I want to sing it loud in my car. Oh yeah, totally. You know? Well, but, especially the chorus, the na-na's. I mean, you and I were both like waving our hands back and forth, right? That's the anthem yeah, right on. thing. And you could just see at the concert, that's the lighter track where everybody has their lighter and they're going mm-hmm. left and right, swaying. They're hugging the people next to them that they don't ever know. Of course, this is pre-COVID. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the track that you do. That's the track that you maybe save till the end of the show to play because you want people yeah. leaving on that that high. I was really lucky to see them prior to the prior to them blowing up at the Bronco Bowl. Did you ever get to see a show at the Bronco Bowl? I did. I saw one show at the Bronco Bowl. It was it was the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. And I know how you I'm feel about, about them. that. Nah, it was a good show. Right. You just really say sorry. what you want. I'm really sorry yeah. that you had to experience that at a wonderful venue like the Bronco Bowl. You know Bowl. what? At the time that well by that time there was the Bronco Bowl was going to die, right. and everybody knew it. So yeah. it was. I'm just happy I got to go. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, totally. Know. I got to see them twice at the Bronco Bowl. Once before they broke up, and then once as they were, or not before they before they blew up, and once as they were ascending. So it was really cool. I saw them open for the Who of all Ooh, people. So it was right after it was right after 9/11, and the Who's kind of a big deal. And then right. they're fixing to go on that tour. John Entwistle dies. And um, uh, I was like, well, it's I still want to go, you know. Right. So my stepdad and I went and the Counting Crows came and played. And I think their drummer was unable to play. So up front, I have a problem with the Counting Crows live. I just can't handle the way Adam Dirtz decides to interpret his lyrics that he's already written. And the melodies and change them up to where I cannot sing them with him. That that drives me nuts. However, do I. that is a pet peeve. However, when the drummer did not show up, they had to play an all acoustic show and he had to play it exactly like the record. So I got to hear everything I wanted to hear sung exactly how I wanted to hear it. And everyone's like, well, that stinks. I go, no, no, that's that's what I wanted. And and I I remember that performance and I remember thinking this is this is great. They played like ten songs and you know they hit all the high notes and it was really cool. It was really cool. Absolutely, absolutely, totally. Did you, did you have um, another song? You've provided me an, an interesting segue to my second track. Yes. Um. So I'm going to choose. Um, have you seen me lately? 
which is actually one of Adam Duritz's griping about being a you know a a, a a celebrity. But I'm not choosing the version that is on the album. I'm choosing an acoustic version from the, another live album that they did, which is called Live on a Wire. Um, I just feel like he does a good job of interpreting the lyrics there. It was too much inter- instrumentation, I thought, on the initial recording. But I do love, dearly love this version. Get away from me Get away from me This isn't gonna be easy But I don't need you Believe me Yeah, you got a piece of me But it's just a little piece of me I don't need anyone these days I feel like I'm fading away Like sometimes I wanna hear myself on the radio Have you seen me lately? Have you seen me lately? Have you seen me lately? So yeah, so that's uh, Have You Seen Me Lately? And the thing that I love is the seeming to lose yourself in success, right? I think that's kind of a cool idea. And I think it's something in, in our 20s that we can easily do, especially when we transition from being, let's say, a student to a professional. Um, and that's kind of what's always struck me about that. What do you think, Josh? So I'm a guy who was a big fan of the uh, studio version, and and I like the uh, I like the acoustic version too. I mean, they're both they're both really good. It's a great song, and I don't understand why critics had such a problem with him kind of pulling from where he was at that time. I mean, most songwriters do that anyways, but. His is a case that's really interesting because of, as we were saying at the start of this, um, where he starts as a construction worker, then now he's just this big, big star. And how do you come to terms with that? How do you make sure you're not like, you know, letting it overtake you? You know, yeah, I mean, and, how how can dating Jennifer Aniston and then Courtney Cox I mean, not somehow change your worldview just a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially at that time. Like when they're the one and two or two and one or whatever, however you want to, whatever. Um, when they're the top girls, you know, it, it's it's crazy. It's just, it's crazy. But, you know, I, I like that song a lot. But you know what, Owen? There's, like you said earlier, there's not a bad track on here. Uh, I, I mean, I love daylight fading. I love catapult recovering the satellites. Monkey's great. Uh, just the whole album is 
fantastic. And after 25 years for it to have that kind of staying power, I, I, anybody listening, if you've never checked this album out, I would urge you to go listen to it. Find yourself a nice little room, get yourself some, some, a beer, some tea, something, whatever you need to do to get ready. Uh, maybe find it on vinyl or just roll it, stream it, whatever, and listen to it. This is a, this is an album that demands your attention when it, when it starts to play. That is definitely, definitely the case, right? It is so phenomenal. Um, that it's it's definitely it's 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 a masterwork and it does deserve like a hardcore listen with a good set of headphones as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, so uh, now it turns twenty five in October, and from what I understand, they're going to do like a special edition release or something. So keep your eyes peeled for that because I'm sure there's going to be like outtakes. I'm sure there's going to be a whole big rigmarole. But if you want to get on, get in front of it. I would go listen to the album just as it is now because it's going to, it, it sounds fantastic. Don't let, don't be cluttered up with all like B sides and live tracks, you know, hear the whole album and form your own opinion and just, just let it rush over you like a wave, man. Cause it, it's really, really good. Um, so it's time for our top three of the of the show and i'm really excited about this one wow wow (laughs) you are a national treasure sir national treasure we could also go this way top Mm. three josh and owen's top three top three bring the top three Breathe that bass. Awesome. So, hey, Owen, what's the theme? What's the top three this week? The theme this week is TV theme songs. Not to be undone by our our soundtrack cuts, you know, recently. We we went ahead and we we did TV theme songs as well this week. Yeah, well, I thought it would be fun. Um, I wanted to do something that was kind of, I don't know, just loose and... I knew we could have fun with it. Um, okay, so who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You... Doesn't matter to me, man. Doesn't All matter right. To me. You know what? I'll go first. I don't okay, mind. Okay, cool. All right, so top three. I'll start at number three. I'll start there. Uh, now, keep in mind, of the three, I only really watched two of the three but i loved the song from this one uh, because it sounds like it's done by a lounge singer on a cruise ship and that should give you plenty of hint as to plenty of a hint as to what it is so uh oh and if you'll roll the theme for me please sir all right here we go Exciting and new Come aboard 
We're expecting you and love. Life's sweetest reward. Let it flow. It floats back to you. That that has cheese. That is such a cheesy track. You gotta love the trip the 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 trumpet like the trills of the of the trumpet. The... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or just the the insanely almost annoying slap bass. I mean, the slap bass. I mean, I watched it a little as a kid. I think my uh, parents watched it more than I did, but but I always knew when that came on, I was like, it's about bedtime, isn't it? Yeah, it's about, yeah, it's time to, but I dug this, I dug the song. I always thought the song was good. Um, number I two. I used to crap, or I used to crap. I'm going to have to edit that out. I used to crack my friends up by doing a super loungy rendition of that. And they just thought it was the funniest thing, you know. Because it is like the song Life's itself is already funny. Reward, uh, <laughs> come aboard, but it floats. It, 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 floats, it floats back, back, to, back you. to you. I mean, it's not Shakespeare, but it's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, number two um, on my top three is uh, about a little bar. Is is for about a little bar. It's not about a little bar. It's for a little bar in Boston. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. And they're always bad you be where you can see the troubles are all the same you want to be where everybody knows your name i could not find the shortened shortened version of it for some reason so we ended up with the kind of the pop extra verse version uh, but, you know on the record room man we we're all about the bonuses we're all about the the, the fringe benefits. Oh, yes. We dig the fringe benefits. But um, that is a... Uh, that How can you hear that song and not immediately think, cheers, what a great show. Like, And it, it's pretty good when you have a great show and a great theme song. Like, it really works. You know? It's just... And that's the kind of bar it was. Like, wouldn't it be nice to get away 
where everybody knows your name and all that stuff. That that's good to me. Well, I mean, it, it's become a meme in its own right. Anytime you you have a business that everybody knows you, it's a cheers situation, right? Like when I go into Doc's Records, it's a cheers situation. Everyone's like, "Hey, Owen, how's it going?" And I'm like the norm of uh, Doc's Records. <laughs> Yes. Do they say uh, things to you, and you have like really quippy responses? Oh, like, dude, you know how's that it I hanging, Owen? Quippy responses. <laughs> yeah, what Owen is all about is the quippy responses. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, and then um, so when I, when I was a kid, this show I think was only on for a little while, and then it was off the air, and then I would catch it in syndication anytime it was on. And uh, this was, I just loved this show and I loved the theme song too. And it was about a radio station in Cincinnati. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. Got kind of tired of packing and unpacking Town to town, up and down the dial Maybe you and me were never meant to be Just maybe think of me once in a while I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati And that... That's my number one. I love that little guitar uh, run that they do. But like that, I love that. That was a great show. That was a phenomenal show. I remember watching that with my parents. Yeah, and I loved uh, Doctor Johnny Fever. He was Dr. my Johnny Fever was amazing. What was the guy that did Nights? He was my favorite. Oh, uh, Venus. Venus, Venus Flytrap. Yeah. Yes. But I, I always loved uh, the the pilot episode where they. Because Doctor Johnny Fever is such a just a burnout, and they come in and they were the Andy, I guess, is the station manager, and he's like, "Why did you get fired?" He goes, "I said, uh, I said bugger on the air," and they said I couldn't say bugger. And then at the end of the episode, he goes, "Hey, uh, Johnny, yeah, you can say bugger," <laughs> and he says, "Bugger," really loud. It's so great. My mom um, always. My mom loved Les Nessman too. She always oh, thought Les Nessman. I think and about I, him. I, Sorry, I use that ahead. reference in the office sometimes. Like, don't be a Les Nessman, and it just says blank stares, which is phenomenal. I love the blank stares. Yeah. Well, like I think about him every Thanksgiving for the the turkey drop. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's it's pretty great. But those are my top three TV themes. Uh, I'm sure y'all out there will have some good ones, but let's hear what Owen's top three are. I'm just going to say, Josh, this was a really, really hard assignment for me. (laughs) This was really hard. And I've been thinking on it for a good couple of weeks, and I even made a playlist to hear how they sounded. Um, And I still have have a hard time getting down to three. Like, I have a solid four, but I don't have, like, the solid three is tough. But I think I'm going to go... With, uh, I'm gonna call an audible at the line of scrimmage and change my number three like right freaking now. So, one of my favorite. This is I love this show as a kid. It was in syndication, uh, and I just thought 
I mean, Quincy Jones, I believe, is who produced this and who made it. So I know what this um, is. It's just just a. There's so many great freaking sounds in this. So here we go, little Sanford and Son theme. <laughs> So yeah, you gotta love Sanford and Son, and there's just so much going on there sonically, which is, I think, why I chose the audible at the line of scrimmage. It's so good. Well, it's Quincy Jones, man. He's just a master. Like, yes. he he's just he's just touched so many things, and and he's got such a great storied career. You know, definitely, definitely. everything from like his work he did with Sinatra. To the work he did with Michael Jackson. I still love the question when they go, what did Michael teach you? And he goes, he didn't teach me anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, he didn't teach me anything. Right. I taught him. Right. Like, exactly. So. Yeah. So right. that's my number three. Um, I, it was a tie between that and there's a song called London Homesick Blues, which was the theme song for Austin City Limits through the 70s and 80s and most of the 90s. They want to go home with their armadillo. Yeah, it's really, really good. But that's, uh, that uh, that was going to be my number three up until okay. just now. Let me where, predict where number I, two. I called Omaha at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to predict number two. You ready? Are you going to predict it? Okay. Yeah. I'd like to hear this. Great American hero. Believe not, it or I'm not. Just play it. And then you, I'm walking you, on air. You'll you'll know. I'm um, kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't think you picked that for me. That was on my list, actually. Really? Yes. You know what's funny about that song before you start is the uh when I was in elementary, the PE teacher would make us work out to that song. Oh nice. Interesting. Uh, it's so cheesy. Well, so <laughs> this was and I really picked the the number two and number one were they're they're two of my favorite shows from my kids. So Number two is the theme song from Fame by the great Irene Cara, who I had a huge crush on when I was in elementary school. So here we go.
before before you say anything, Josh, I, I have a question for you. You got big dreams. You want fame. Well, fame costs. And right here is where you start paying in sweat. <laughs> gonna be totally honest with you i never watched that show my god and, and and when i was a kid for some reason i thought fame was linked to the movie flash dance and i couldn't like to me they felt like the same that and i'd never seen them but i'd heard fame and i'd heard uh, uh big song from flash dance and i heard them both and i was always like is that for the same thing? Are they just <laughs> are they linked? The same thing. Well, I mean, I doubt there's uh, any crazy dances like in Flash Dance, but oh, whatever. No. It was a show about a gifted and talented school, and like all these kids, some of them were dancers and some of them were singers, and it was really cool. And it was the so drama was this, that happened. This was Glee Part One. And yeah, then, but it was uh, like at a GT school. Like it was, you know, if if, if they filmed a like a, a show at, at Booker T or something, that's that that would be. Like what it would be like, right? Gotcha. Booker T for you non-Dallas people is our Dallas, Texas, uh, gifted and talented school. Yeah, and uh, for those of you uh, also that don't care about that, it's also the name of a WWE wrestler. So, oh man, take that for wow. whatever you need to. That took a, a weird turn. That's fun. It's fun. <laughs> I thought it was so fun. That the, all that to bring us to the number one, and this is probably. No surprise to anyone, even if you only know me by the four episodes that you've heard me, this is no surprise. I've had references to this show since the first episode, uh, so it is so good, and what I bring you is, number one, It's I think it is the best TV theme song of all time. I'm not even going to say it, I'm just going to play it. The inimitable Dukes of Hazard. Who's singing that? That is uh, the great Waylon Jennings. That's sir. what I thought. That's yes, what I thought. Who also did all of the the voiceovers right before that, commercial breaks. That's my favorite part of Dukes of Hazard. If you have to, <laughs> if you've got it, if you if you're like Josh, I don't, I don't really watch it much. But the one part I do like is when the car goes flying off the bridge and, and then, then it pauses. pauses and you get the, and then it looks like the Duke boys are in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Looks like the boys have really screwed the gooch on this one. <laughs> Jeez. Did Wayland go go 
go to hell because he sounds like he's like a yeah he's kind of demon-esque yeah that's scary that's scary <laughs> but yeah no that's that's the kind of thing that i keep thinking i'm gonna end up saying now that i've got two kids use the last name and be like oh how the boy's gonna get out of this one (laughs) (laughs) so uh but yeah no that that's cool boys have finally cooked their goose yeah (laughs) y'all come back and see how they get out of this (laughs) for sure for sure well (laughs) that was a solid top three and a solid episode if i do say so myself um, I would totally agree. I think it was really fun. Yeah, I'm very, very happy. Uh, sorry it took so long to to get back to all of you. Uh, obviously, I've been busy. Um, and hopefully, we'll get back to our bi-weekly schedule here pretty soon so that, uh, you know, we'll be doing it with a little bit more, uh, what's the, consistency. Yes. Regularity. Indeed. Indeed. But until then, I'm Josh. And I'm Owen. And you've been listening to The Record Room. You guys come back. We'll see you later.